the 199th QuackCast, a review of supplements, complementary, and alternative medicine, i.e. scams. You can find links to this and the rest of my static multimedia empire over at edgydoc.com. This one is called Chronic Fatigue Syndrome, Systemic Exertion Intolerance Disease, Speculation. My wife and I are entering an age where our aches and pains are becoming a major ongoing topic of conversations. The pain of raising children has transitioned into the pains of growing older. These aches and pains are, in the scheme of things, minor and intermittent. At work, I get to see real suffering, and it keeps my own in perspective. And there are a lot of people who feel awful, sometimes for obvious reasons such as cancer or AIDS, and some with ailments that are more enigmatic, such as systemic exertion intolerance disease, SCID, the illness formerly known as chronic fatigue syndrome. In the context of SBM, SCID is a gateway disease into the world of pseudomedicine. It is a syndrome with no known cause and few effective therapies at best, and those who suffer from it are easy pickings for scam practitioners. When you feel like crap month after month with no improvement or even an explanation for your suffering, you keep looking till you find an answer. For example, those with chronic Lyme disease have the same phenotype as an SEID patient. Quote, a subset of patients reporting a diagnosis of Lyme disease can be described as having alternatively diagnosed chronic Lyme syndrome, ADCLS, in which diagnosis is based on laboratory results from a non-reference Lyme specialty laboratory using in-house criteria. Patients with ADCLS report symptoms similar to those reported by patients with chronic fatigue syndrome. In British Columbia, a setting with low Lyme disease incidence, ADCLS patients have a similar phenotype to that of CFS patients. These patients have the misfortune of being sucked into the chronic Lyme vortex when they probably have SEID, whatever that is. And there are other pseudodiseases that have been misidentified as the etiology of SEID. There has always been the question as to whether SEID is due to an infectious disease. One of the patterns I have noted over the years is that of high-functioning people who develop an acute illness and never or slowly recover. In a subset of patients, SEID sure seems to be some sort of acute to chronic infection, or at least triggered by an infection. While there is certainly another subset of patients whose underlying process is depression, they seem to be different from SEID patients who have an acute onset of symptoms, a remarkable need to sleep, and a brain fog. So SEID sure looks like an infection. There have even been outbreaks. But from what organism? Over the years, there have been a variety of infectious agents purported to cause the syndrome. When I was an intern at the end of last century, it was EBV. Others have suggested less legitimate causes such as Canada, promoted by Dr. Crook, honestly, that's his name, in his book, The Yeast Connection. The snark makes itself. I was quite excited a few years back over the discovery of XMRV as a potential cause of CFS, but was disappointed that it did not pan out. But despite extensive investigations, no one infection has been implicated as a cause or co-infection with SEID. So perhaps SEID is some sort of 
post-infectious, post-inflammatory process. But that has never panned out either. Immunologic? Maybe. But that idea has had little traction as well. I find it intriguing that CFS patients appear to have a different expression of genes, but that never really panned out either. Many of these studies suggest that SEID sufferers are physiologically different from those without the syndrome, but a unifying etiology has remained elusive. Seeing patients with this process is rarely satisfying. I don't know what you have. I don't know why you have it. I have nothing to offer you, and I do not know when or even if you will get better. I don't use those particular words, of course, but that is the basic message. My take-home from reading the literature is that SEID was some sort of post-infectious immunologic or inflammatory process like rheumatic fever that one day somebody a lot smarter than me would figure out. In the meantime, I have used the metaphor of patience of rock thrown into a pond. The rock, whatever it was, and in my speculation assumed to be an illness, started with a splash. The rock is gone, and now the patients are left with the ripples of SEID slowly fading. I thought it was a good metaphor, but eh, who knows. Now there is a new study, very interesting study, called Metabolic Features of Chronic Fatigue Syndrome that suggests an entirely different pathophysiology. Quote, patients with CFS showed abnormalities in 20 metabolic pathways. 80% of the diagnostic metabolites were decreased, consistent with a hypometabolic syndrome. Pathway abnormalities included sphingolipid, phospholipid, purine cholesterol microbiome, pyrrolein-5-carboxylate, riboflavin, branched-chain amino acid, paroxysmal, and mitochondrial metabolism. So, when compared to controls, SEID metabolism is slowed down and most resembles, of all things, the dour state of a nematode, which is a worm. Quote, Dower, which means persistence or long-lived in German, is an example of one well-studied system. The developmental stage of dower is a hypometabolic state capable of living efficiently by altering a number of basic mitochondrial functions, fuel preferences, behavior, and physical features. Dower is comprised of an evolutionary conserved and synergistic suite of metabolic and structural changes that are triggered by exposure to adverse environmental conditions. Entry into dower confers a survival advantage in harsh conditions. The dower state is one of many hypometabolic states, including diapause, hibernation, estivation, torpor, ischemic preconditioning, ER stress, the unfolding protein response, autophagy, caloric restriction, and listening to pence. The hypothesis certainly fits what is seen clinically, and it would be nice to have a final common pathway to explain a syndrome that appears after a variety of insults. The results are preliminary with a small number of people and needs replication. So maybe it will pan out or maybe it will be another dead end. But it sure would be satisfying explanation of SEID if validated. And it also makes me wonder why. Humans don't hibernate medical conferences notwithstanding, and we certainly have an evolutionary history filled with harsh conditions. Is SEID some sort of pathologic residue from what was once a beneficial response in our Fred and Barney past, like depression? And given the profound motor retardation of depression, is depression a variation on the dour theme? 
Or is it like the metabolic syndrome being a residual from our tuberculous past? Who knows, but it's fun to think about. And I wonder how long before naturopaths offer an anti-dower therapy. If nothing else, a 200C of C. elegans would be the homeopathic treatment. And that brings us to an end of the 199th QuackCast. Thanks for listening. Bye.